I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. In October of 1985, a woman named Cherie Warren left work at a busy Salt Lake City office. To meet her estranged husband at a downtown auto dealership. She never made it home. Cherie's car surfaced weeks later in Las Vegas. In the parking lot of a hotel casino. No one knows how it got there. Strange. It was strange. Both Cherie's estranged husband and her boyfriend raised suspicion for investigators. I kind of thought that he might have done something. But no arrests were ever made. In Cold Season 3, we dig into double lives, make new connections in the case, and examine the difficulty raised by reasonable doubt. We want answers just as much as anyone else. They have creeps like that now, too, so nothing's changed. That's the new Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie. Now available anywhere you get your podcasts. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Where KSL offers Utah deeper insights on the news. Host Boyd Matheson divides rage from reason and elevates the conversation on issues crucial to our community. On KSL News Radio 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. Welcome back to Inside Sources. It is great to be with you today. I am Boyd Matheson. And uh, just such a, a great conversation with Miles Hansen from World Trade Center, Utah. Uh, just as he and I were texting, we, he was just talking about some of the extraordinary people he met in Afghanistan. He said literally some of the best people he's ever met. Uh, we're going to have Miles back to, to talk about some of those. And those that uh, will be left to shoulder a lot of the responsibility in a, a new phase, uh, which will begin a by September 11th, as the forces are withdrawn. Uh, we're going to go to another one of our favorite inside sources. Maya Jaredot is a religion reporter for the in-depth section of the Deseret News. So she's the author of The Unchosen, uh, The Lives of Israel's New Others. Uh, she spent a decade living in and reporting on Israel and the Palestinian territories, uh, and is just an extraordinary writer. And, and I wanted to bring Maya in. Uh, we've been Focused on Ramadan, uh, which got underway on Monday, and uh, Maya wrote a piece that uh, just really struck me uh, in terms of kind of the some of the science behind the faith and how that impacts. Maya, thanks for joining us today. Hi, thanks for having me, Boyd. Uh, and we're we're here. We're uh, hard to believe we're dealing with uh, snow traffic reports uh, today. I'm sure that's not what it's like where you are today in Florida. <laughs> but uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, so let's let's get into this. So uh, as Ramadan is uh, in the early couple of days here, uh, you wrote a, a great piece talking about kind of this this transformational effect uh, that it has. Uh, you you wrote about this idea of the the shift, the transformation that happens in a person uh, when everything kind of shifts. Tell us about that. Yeah, well, as Dr. Andrew Newberg explained it to me, you know, anything that creates kind of throws the body out of homeostasis and puts stress on the brain um, can can help facilitate or bring about a spiritual experience. And with Ramadan, I mean, everything is kind of thrown out of sync. Um, let me give you an example. I'm actually doing the fast, and I'll be writing an article about that um, for Desert News. But let me give you an example of, of what my day has been like. So I, I've gotten up this morning and made breakfast for my children um, and, you know, sent them to school and everything. But I didn't eat anything or drink anything this morning. Um, and the fast goes on until sunset. Um, and then at sunset, you know, you're allowed to, to eat and drink and, and do all the things you normally do during the day, but you're doing them at night. So the fast actually kind of um, shifts everything into the night. 
And then during the day, it's like, you know, you're not sleeping. But, but I've been thinking about it today a little bit about I'm awake, but my body is though, treating my body as though it's asleep, if that yeah. makes any sense. Yeah. Yeah. And that physical shift, uh, I think the, the doctor said, is, is what really ideally creates a spiritual shift as you start to focus on those things in a different way. Yeah, well, he said, and I thought this was really interesting, he said it primes you for the spiritual experience. Mm. So if you go into it, you know, just going through the motions, but without the intent, then you're not going to have the same experience, obviously, as someone who is going into it, you know, in a faithful way. Um, And and they found that in brain scans. In fact, um, Andrew Newberg has a, a, a book out, a new book out, um, about him and a rabbi. I'm sorry, I lost the title. But one of the things they did for the book was the they scanned Newberg's brain and the rabbi's brain as they both said the Shema, which is one of the you know most important and most basic prayers in Judaism. Um, and the rabbi's brain looked totally different than Newberg's brain um, as they said the prayer because you know Newberg, as a secular Jew, kind of went into it like, okay, this is an important prayer in our tradition, but he's not feeling a lot. And the rabbi goes into it with great intent, if that makes any sense. Yeah, yeah. And that, that's such a great lesson for all of us. Uh, whatever you go into with intent, or when we more intentionally do things, it, it does activate a different part of your brain. Uh, and I think it also totally. opens up your soul in a little bit uh, of a different way as well. Uh, Maya, for mm-hmm. some of our, our listeners who may not as be familiar with you know what happens in the evening portion of Ramadan. Most people are familiar that, okay, from sunup to sundown, they're they're going to fast uh, during this season of Ramadan. Uh, and then what does the evening look like? And what does that feel like as, as you've been going through that? Yeah. So um, the last yeah, last night when we broke the fast, I actually ended up weeping at the table. <laughs> so that's what it looked like in our home. <laughs> I, um, I was just I was totally thrown off and, and you know, um, and weeping over something inconsequential. So uh, that's what it looked like last night. I hope tonight I'm a little bit more composed. Um, and, you know, in, in Ramadan, you're not actually supposed to get angry during the month and, and things like this. So I hope I didn't accidentally, you know, break some sort of uh, something when I was weeping at the table. But what it looks like is you, you break the fast at sundown, typically with date, um, with a date, you know, and you have something light. And then um, you would do prayers, evening prayers, and have a heavier meal after evening prayers. And the evening prayers during Ramadan are are much longer than they usually are during the year. They can be one and a half to two hours, an imam explained to me. Um, And usually, you know, during Muslims pray five times a day, um, and typically those five times don't even accumulate to an hour and a half to two hours a day. So the evening prayer during Ramadan is really significant. You would have a heavy, heavier meal after that. And then, you know, you might spend some time um, reading Quran, you know, dedicating yourself to religious study in, in, in a way that you wouldn't during the rest of the year. And then you go to bed at some point, but your sleep is disrupted too. And that's another element of Ramadan. Your sleep is disrupted because you're going to get up super early before the sun rises to do something called suhoor. And suhoor is the, um, like, uh, it's not breakfast, because your, your break fast, you know, your, your, your breakfast right. came at iftar, which came at sundown. But suhoor is a meal you can have before dawn, you know, to kind of um, steal yourself for the day ahead. 
So, um, and some people, I mean, I think a lot of people would probably go back to sleep after Sahor too. <laughs> oh, this is fascinating. It's it's such a great piece. You can read it at uh, Deseret.com. And uh, Maya Jarrett, I always appreciate your uh, insight and perspective on things. And this is, uh, we're going to come back to you to see how you're doing uh, as we go through Ramadan uh, to see how that oh, experience great. goes. And I may have to have your children on to give us a report of how mom's doing at the dinner table. <laughs> oh, that would be fun. <laughs> All right, Maya, thanks so much for joining us today. Thanks for having me. Have a great day. All right, we're going to go ahead and step aside. When we come back, uh, LeVar Webb is going to join us uh, talking about what he wishes a new president would say and why and what it has to do with Utah coming up next. I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. Don't miss Cold's new season three, where I look into the unsolved disappearance of Cherie Warren, a woman last seen leaving her job at a Salt Lake City office in 1985. Police cast suspicion on Cherie's estranged husband and boyfriend, but never made any arrests or recovered Cherie's remains. Find Cold season three, The Search for Cherie, anywhere you get your podcasts.